So how did the uh, Defender of Destiny episode go traffic-wise? Um, it's give it a week and it'll be our most li- listened to episode. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So clearly this means that you are a bigger internet celebrity than Kathleen from Loading Ready Rod. That's the only explanation for it. Okay, that, then I move up to a, from a, what, a Z internet celebrity to, what, a Q now? Something like that. Yeah. No, I just thought it was funny as hell that most of the comments were actually supporting me. I won that debate. <laughs> yeah, the, the comments like you, except for the ones who are like, I see both sides. Yeah. Hippies. <laughs> Trying to be nice about it. Oh, I love the comment. I Neo isn't there for the next episode of Gundam. Yeah. So I went on Mecha Talk and left a comment. It's like, man, I didn't realize my verbal beatdown hit affected him that much. I'm sorry, man. They smelled bad on the outside, a show that hits harder than a colony drop. I'm Scott, and with me tonight is... Who am I again? I don't know. I'm Jetman I think I just grabbed you off the street. I'm Jetman025, also known as Jeff, and you know the rest. I have lots yeah. of nicknames. And today we're going to finish up talking about Gundam for a while, so if you were sick of it... Too bad. Good. <laughs> if, you, if you were sick of it, we'll talk about something else next time. If you aren't, there's still a few Gundamish topics I'm saving for the future. Gundamish? Gundamish. We didn't talk about video games or manga. Gundamish? Really. Yeah. I'm going to have to write that down. Yeah. Is that G U N D A M I S H? I think it's hyphenated. Okay. It's Gundamish is, sounds more like the adjective than Gundam E. Fair enough. So, shall we do pick of the week? Yes. Pick of the week. You can go first. Oh, yay for me. I have recently found a new manga to read, and I always love finding new manga because, quite frankly, it's really hard to find good stuff these days. It's the artist and writer is Karu Mori. The story is called A Bride's Story. Uh, Another name for it is A Young Bride's Story. I love it just because of the locale it's set in. It's set in uh, late 19th century... Middle Asia, somewhere around Turkey, Iran, Iraq, and that area, along the Silk so Road. the Ottoman, route. when it was still the Ottoman Empire. Right, somewhere in that ballpark. It doesn't get very specific, but it's in that, along the Silk Road. And the story is of a, um, a bride that comes from a village across the mountains to marry into this somewhat wealthy family. They're not exactly, you know, sultans or anything, but they're well off. And the bride is 20 years old. Now, modern-day 20-year-old bride is, that's fairly young. But back in those times, the average age for a woman to marry was 15 or 16. So, bride uh, age-wise, she's a little long in the tooth to be a bride, at least in the place she comes from. She marries a 12-year-old boy. 
again, same for a man to marry aged for a man to marry is around 15 to 16. So it's kind of a weird dichotomy and the relationship they have starts out as like a big sister, little brother type thing. The story, it's pretty much just everyday life kind of thing. There is some vague uh, overarching story of a conflict between the families. You know, the family tries to bring her back. They want to say, okay, we changed our mind. We don't want you to marry here. The other family says, no backseas. We already married him. <laughs> but the story's great. The artwork is absolutely spectacular. This is almost too good for manga. It is amazing. If you've ever seen... Uh, Middle Eastern wear around the Ottoman Empire, Turkey. There's no such thing as a subtle outfit. Everything is colorful, over-the-top, crazy amounts of patterns. Nothing subtle about it, especially for women. And the artist goes to great detail to draw every little thing. It looks absolutely amazing, and it's a fun little story. There's only one volume out in English so far, but they're going to release the second one in October. But I'm definitely buying the second one. (laughs) All right. And... Did I harp a lo- too long on that? Cause no, no. I really like the story. And it's really okay. hard to find good manga these days. I found one and then found out it's the company that prints it died a year ago. Damn. It's, it's going to be tough. Don't you hate it when that happens? I know. My pick of the week is going to Dragon Ball Z Abridged. They just dropped a new episode today in which they abridged... Abridge their own abridged series, condensing ten episodes, ten of their episodes down to eight minutes. So that's about thirty Dragon Ball Z episodes in ten minutes. Can I just say, I laughed throughout that whole thing, but the thing that really got me rolling, Vegeta yelling, "Destructo disc!" Krillin, the fuck, fuck! Like, uh, damn it, get your own signature blast, you jackass! Yes, they do delve a bit into self-parody with that, especially for Nappa and Chad. It's like, I am hilarious, and you will say, <laughs> and you will quote everything I say. And Chen's only comment is, I'm the only serious thing on this show. That is the joke. Or when uh, Reddit, Reddit asks Piccolo, are you a Yoshi? Hells yeah. They're, they're, that's, that might be one of their more quotable episodes. Yeah, there's quote after quote after quote. Uh, that was a good one. I'm looking forward to the next episode. I'm, I'm hoping that when they finish the Frieza stuff, that they do another episode of Dragon Ball Z Akai Bridged. And oh, by the way, if uh, there, I'll go ahead and send this out. I doubt anyone from Gundam Mobile Suit Gundam Abridged listens to this, but if someone does from Mobile Suit Gundam Abridged, and you ever have, you know, a cameo from a Destiny character, I'm available. I, c- I can let them know. I'll probably bump into them at Fan Expo. <laughs> I, I seriously doubt they'd find an excuse just to randomly insert a seed destiny or a seed character, but if they did, I don't know why. I just love, I get a real kick out of doing that. I don't know. They've done like, weird things. I don't know. My my buddy Too Old for Toys does the voice of, uh, oh, what's his, the Yahoo's name who's in love with the vase. I think his name escapes me. McCuve? McCuve, yes. And he does them as overly over-the-top French accent that you can barely understand a word he says. Yeah. It's sad, but funny as hell. Yeah, see, see what makes Gundam, the Gundam Abridged guys great, is that uh, the guy who voices Char does show up at cons dressed as Char. <laughs> so he'll just be set, he'll spend the whole con doing the Char voice, and he's hanging out with uh, the one guy who plays Dren and a half dozen other characters. 
So you'll you'll have him. He'll show like he showed up at uh, this year's Anime North Gundam panels, and was like, and he he threw a question to the the front of the room, and was like, "Yes, but the original Gundam is clearly the best, isn't that right, Dren?" Yes, sir. <laughs> a pinnacle of artistic achievement. <laughs> did you did you ever see the uh, Labor Day they, episode they did, where they mixed it in with Haruhi? Yeah, that was funny as hell. Nagato hacking the system to make the GPO three stamen. Oh, that was funny as hell. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, no, that no. that was another thing I spotted today is that uh, the GPO three stamen, the full thing, the full high grade, uh-huh. is on sale is on sale for like thirty percent off on HLJ today. It's still two hundred bucks. Yeah. But I'd love to have it, but. To be quite honest with you, I'm having a lot of trouble lately finding places to put all my, the Gundams and models I've built, but Lord oh, knows no. that doesn't well, stop if you're... me from buying them, because i got a nice pile, and I mean pile of stuff sitting to my right here. Well, if you're spending 200 bucks on a kit, you can probably find 50 to get a like a coffee table just to display yeah. that you beast You need a big a coffee table. Have you seen how big that thing is? Oh no, it, it's ridiculous. You you need a decent. You would need a decent sized coffee table. I mean, that thing is a beast. It puts every perfect grade to shame. I mean, it's just monstrous. But yeah, two hundred bucks. It's kind of a lot. Come on, buy it, Scott. You know you want it. Yeah, no, I'll probably just buy the high grade UC Goof Custom, ah. which is the which is the only Goof Goof Custom kit that can support the weight of the gun. I actually ended up. Uh, Buying a 1144th kit the other day. I went to a model shop that's way out of my way, but a friend of mine told me, he said, you got to go down there. they got Gundam stuff. I was like, yeah, why not? Went down there. Nice model shop. Little hole-in-the-wall type place. And they did have a bunch of Gundam stuff. Their prices were kind of ridiculous, but they had a couple of high grades that weren't quite as ridiculous. And I picked up a uh, a high-grade Reborns Trans Am mode. Because obviously I'm never going to get my 1100th Reborn, so i got to go with something. I know what the what happened to the one hundredth no grade double O line. It just it, sort of dr- it it kind of died basically at the beginning of season two. Yeah, and have you noticed that there's no announcements for any one one hundredths from Gundam Age yet outside no, of the no. action the, figure line? Yeah, I I don't know what happened to that line. I liked it. And I'm a one one hundredth guy, so. It's kind of good news, bad news for me. Good news, my wallet stays fuller. Bad news, less kits to build. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. I suppose that transitions well into new things. Yes, we're talking about new things in Gundam. Starting with some announcements and then moving into actual real series. But first we've got the big announcement is Gundam The Origin is getting animated. Yay. That's all we know. Soulbro's petition worked. The apocalypse is upon us. Yep. And honestly, um, like, people are now, now that we've seen both Unicorn and Origin get announced for animation, people are like, oh my god, Pandora's box has been opened. Anything that's in print could get adapted to new OVAs. And I'm like, look at the trend. Just look at that. Because so far, it's like, Unicorn... Mostly got the animation because the two mo- the two master grades they made for it sold really well, and is about Zeon. I wouldn't. Let's put it this way: 
I'm not the full-fledged, you know, they've opened Pandora's box. We're going to see, you know, the sign of Zeta. We're going to see Hathaway's Flash. We're going to see Sentinel. We're going to see all of it. No, 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 no. We're probably not going to see any of that. But the fact that they're doing Origin, the fact that that uh, they did Unicorn and they're doing Unicorn pretty much says that, you know, this all this stuff that we're seeing over in this pile that has no chance of ever happening now has a chance. Albeit a slim one, but it's come from the category of it's never going to happen, not in a million years, to it probably won't happen. Yeah, like again, and the one-year war is, like, Bandai's just looking for any excuse to retread the one-year war. Well, you got to sell, I mean, we haven't had a Master Grade RX-78-2 in over a year. I mean, my God, they got to sell another one. They, they do. They Which do is going to be, you know, next year, I'm calling it, Master Grade RX-78-2 Origin version. <laughs> yep. It'll happen. That said, um, no real details on production, but I wouldn't be surprised if it ended up being six episodes in the hour-long-ish format we've seen from Unicorn. Uh, I- I'm betting... Here's Okay, here's what I want to happen. I want the full-fledged 50 episodes, the whole nine yards, full treatment, all the good stuff. I don't think it's happening. I think this is going to be... Uh, the re- the Zeta remake movies all over again. I think this is just going to be Mobile Suit Gundam, the origin, three movies. Uh, yeah. Like, I- either way, we aren't going to get more than about seven hours of video content out of this. And the reason why I say OVA and not TV series is because Bandai is very tight-lipped about their TV projects. They, like, we don't find out about what's going to be on TV for from Sunrise until the spring, until, like, two seasons before it actually airs. Right. Like, we found out a ba- we found out about Age about two months ago, and it's airing in October. And that, and that was the pattern with Double O and Seed Destiny and Seed, and I can't see that changing all that yeah. much. That's why I said, I, like I said, it could be a movie, it could be an OVA, maybe they'll try do a combination of both, I don't know, but... I really don't see a series. I'd love to see it. I really, really, really want a series, and I don't think it has a chance of happening. Like you said, they wouldn't have announced it if they had, if they were going to do a series. They would have waited at least till Gundam Age was over, or at least till the halfway point. But like I said, we're all doing speculation. Who knows? Uh, Bandai's throw some curveballs at us, especially with uh, Gundam Age. So I'm, I have no idea where Origin is going to go. I don't think it's going to be a series, and I'd really love to be wrong. Like, And one thing is, I don't necessarily want to see the entirety of First Gundam redone. But if they sort of set it up that it were little extra episodes that could, you could just slot into the TV series continuity. Yeah, that would like, be good. Obviously, like, there's that volume that's entirely about Char and Sale's background. You could just drop that in to the yeah. regular episode count and not miss a beat. Yeah, that would be great if they, even if they titled it like, this is episode 10.5, you know, this goes in between 10 and 11 or something like that. Yeah. And obviously there's a bunch of stuff later in Origin that brings in characters and situations you saw in, like, the novels that Tomino wrote a little after the series went to air. Like, we'd finally get to see Cusco Al show up. Yeah. My knowledge of Origin is baseline. I know some of the big changes they make. But even the big changes they make don't exactly, you know, rewrite UC as we know it. The beginning is still pretty much the same. The end is pretty much the same. It's just how far we get from point A to point B. And people have cell phones and laptops now. Yeah, which makes more sense when you think about it. 
You ever seen like those that... phones they were talking about in Mobile Suit Gundam? Like, good God, man. <laughs> like, that that's something that I Nobody's think... Nobody's got a Bluetooth in the future? What happened? That's that's something I think we could see more in a lot more sci-fi, is that every sci-fi author tends to kick themselves about missing one or two detail, not anticipating certain details yeah. in their futurism. Like, Clark didn't really foresee computers getting miniaturized. It, 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 you read uh, 2010 and 2061... Uh, astronauts are still using slide rules to do calculations. Right. And yeah. I'm sure if he had a chance to go back and rewrite it, they would have had, you know, the, the big honking TIs. <laughs> yeah. Like iPad. iPads and scientific no one, calculators. Uh, just the, it's always the fun with science fiction. You go back, you know, very few science fiction authors have a good idea of what the, you know, this future is going to be. They're just guessing it, making an educated guess. But no one's ever going to get it perfectly right because no one can predict the future. You hear that, Miss Cleo? No one can predict the future. But yeah, just 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 to get an just to get an idea is go go read Neil Stevenson's um, Snow Crash. That's set in. They never say what date it's set in, but if you do the maths, it's set in 2005. I have not had a motorcycle fight on the internet yet. <laughs> you would like to though. Yes. <laughs> motorcycle fight on the web. Although, if you go on Xbox Live, you kind of can. So. He wasn't completely yeah. off there, but he he had the right idea. <laughs> well, half the thing is when you talk about futurism in Neil Stevenson is there's a lot of people who are web developers that are specifically imitating him. <laughs> like he he's not so much predicting as like inspiring. Yeah. Like he coined the term digital avatar, and you know within a few years of that book coming out, we got digital for, avatars. You got, <laughs> you got pictures on the forums now. Sometimes they but predict yes. the future, sometimes they make it. Uh, the, the other good story you hear out of that is a um, guy who worked for Apple saw an episode of Star Trek Next Gen where Data asked the computer to start playing Mozart for him. And then he went to work the next day and created QuickTime. <laughs> like, hmm, can we do that? Can we do what? Make a Android that can request Mozart? No, 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 no. Can we request Mozart? Oh, okay. And then they did. We're still working on the Android. We're still working on the robot. Yeah. yeah. And the next bit of news is Gundam Age, which is Rage. coming out. Yeah, it's coming out in the fall. It's uh, got a couple trailers out now. We've seen the early, the mech designs from, I guess we'll see running around for the first few episodes. And basic, broad ideas of the plot. I'm And the internet hates it. Yes. Because it's apparently for kids, this cartoon show about giant robots. For kids? What nonsense do you speak of? Cartoons for kids. Bullshit. No, but I'm not a part of that rage thing, because just... I'll freely admit, I don't like the character designs, I just don't like the way they look, but well, I didn't they, really care again, for the Crossbone character designs. I was able to get past that. I still thought Crossbone was great. The mech designs? I kind of like the Gundam Age one. It started, when I first saw it, I was like, eh, but it's starting to grow on me. I like the uh, Sparrow and the, uh, I forget the other name of the big heavy version. But the the Titus. The Titus, thank you. I like that look. I'm st- it's starting to grow on me. We'll see where it goes from there. The story, I don't know what, you know, a evolving Gundam will do, but I'm curious to find out. The only thing that kind of, you know, completely caught me off guard was that uh, Sunrise is basically handing over the keys to this one, to the, uh, in terms of writing. They're not going to be writing this one. I was like, Sunrise is just letting it go. I, I 
found that a little hard to believe, but apparently so. The oh. uh, game creators of the Professor Layton series will be taking the helm on this one. Yeah, and that, that's sort of the weird thing, and it's, it's where you get the character design, and it's like... Well, if you want... Like, I, I, there's a few characters you see in the trailer that I like. Like, there's that one beard, science, bearded science-y guy that pushes the button that launches the gun, and I'm like, yeah, Dr. that's going to be my guy. Yeah, like he looks like Doctor Light. Like a lot of this is definitely harkening back, harkening back to an older Astro Boy kind of look. Yeah, Which and is... it does make the characters look younger than that the stated ages are. Like the 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 lead for the first arc of this series is supposed to be what thirteen. Yeah, he looks like he's eight. So. <laughs> yeah, he looks eight. But that's just that character design. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of that, but I haven't always liked all the character designs. But if the story's great. It could be a great series. I lo- like the mecha designs. I really am interested to see. They're saying, you know, these uh, those dragon mechs that transform. Saying, are these aliens? What are they? Are they terrorists? Are they anybody? I'll bet you money there's somebody in that thing. The question is who? Yeah. And I also bet you money that giant ship they're flying around in, the uh, Hatsune Miku, I mean the Diva, yeah. that transforms into something. I don't know what, but that transforms into something. Um, I'm just gonna say in terms of mech design, I like uh, I like the grunt, the look of the grunts. It's got I like the, the the first enemy suit we've seen. I'm not a big fan of the age. It just looks like the O Gundam to me. Well, they all and look- when you consider how different the Exia looked, it sort of seems like a step back. Like the Exia had definitely like you you'd pick that out as the lead Gundam, but this looks just like you know sort of this mashup of the 78-2 and the Exia. I like the spoiler on it, but it, it just seems too similar to what's. Well, they all look kind recently. of similar. I mean, you can't go too far off. I mean, Exia was pushing it. Exia really pushed the boundaries of what a Gundam going to be. Kind of like Turn A did it. You know, Turn A and Exia didn't look like a Gundam. They had to, you know, had to warm up to those suits to get the Gundam feel to them. When I first saw the Exia, I was like, "That's not a Gundam," but. I warmed up to it, and I eventually ended up liking the suit. Whereas, you know, the age, you can tell, okay, that's the Gundam, that's the lead. They don't want to, you know, push things too far on this one. Like I said, I don't mind the age. It's not, you know, oh, my God, this is the coolest mech design I've ever seen, but it's still good. Like, and obviously we're going to see this suit change quite a bit over the course of the show. Yeah, so you can use one mold to make about six models, but anyway. Yeah, that's kind of a given. But that's Bandai's new plan. It's not, can we sell you 16 different Zakus, it's... Can we sell you the same frame six times? Right. As we've seen with the Master Grade Wings, where we've gotten, we have built that friggin' frame, but four times now. And I'm going to building, be building at least two or three more, which, you know, makes sense. They like to do that and you reuse frames. This isn't nothing new. I mean, how many times did the uh, old 1.0 Zeta frame get used? At least three. They, they, tweak, they, they tweaked it a bit in, between iterations. Tweaked it, like, but it's still the same basic frame. Like, if anything, you saw, like, there was the Zeta-1 frame, and then you saw the A+, the C1, and, um, what was it, the the White Zeta? No, the White Zeta was the 2.0. Yeah, the White Zeta was 2.0. Like, the A and the C+, were sort of like, they basically were the Zeta 1.5. Yeah, but they're still basically the same frame. Like, if anything, if you want to point at anything, look at uh, the version Ka 78-2 frame that ended up being the basis for about half the GM kits. Yeah. Or how many Zakus have we had at this point? They, oh, they've so many. butchered that Zaku frame. <laughs> but this ain't nothing new. It's nothing new. And I don't object to it, because I'm not a guy who buys everything. <laughs> I am. 
See, so it's like I'm like I'm probably gonna end up building the wing frame about four times. We haven't yet though. But, but we'll see on Gundam Age. Like I said, like I said, will the models sell well? Absolutely, just because we're all addicted and we're all gonna buy those models. Will the ratings be good? Let's wait and see. I think the reaction has been way too negative for something we haven't seen one episode of yet. Ah, yeah, the reaction's always negative, at least here. Well, yeah, that's true. It's it it's this grand five year cycle where, you know, they announce it, show off character designs, and release a trailer, and everyone hates it. Right. Then you know we watch it and we all pray we sort of divide into camps as to bitching versus praising it. Then give it a few years, and it's probably a classic to someone's mind. I'm not going to take the bait on that one, but moving on. Oh, oh! Bef- <laughs> I meant to mention this earlier, but while I was doing show notes on the last episode, I took a closer look at the Cosmic Era Zaku, and Jeff, you're right. It actually does not look much like a Zaku. It looks like the bastard offspring of a Hyzak and a Marasai. So, I'll give you a point on that. Yay. Hey, you completely turned on me in that episode. You know that, right? I blame the third beer. Yeah, sure you do. That's that's what you always blame is the third beer. The third beer is the most dangerous and treacherous of beers. Yeah, but I don't you care. think it's going to be your friend. You think it's just going to be fine, and then no. That third beer always costs you something, either yep. that night or the next morning. But yes, that that's what we've got on age, really. Is I, I'm I'm okay if this ends up being sort of a lighter and softer show. I mean. G was lighter and softer and was pretty awesome. Well, basically, here here's what I think is going to happen. This is me prognosticating after I just said it. I can't predict the future, but this is I have an idea what's going to happen, which I'm probably completely wrong on. But my theory is the first they're going to do this into three mini seasons because there's three leads. First season will be very Pokemon-ish, very kiddish to a certain extent. I mean, we've already seen there's some gore here. With the main lead and seeing his mother mother burned to death in a fire, but kitty by Gundam standards, how's that? Season two will be a little bit more mature on top of that. There'll be a little bit more edge to it. And season three, again, will be a little edgier than that. They're not going to push things over the top with this because they're trying to get the young audience, but I kind of have a feeling as the show and the Gundam evolves, you'll see you know a little bit more mature themes as we get going. Yeah. If, if anything, I think Arc 2, like the second third of this little three-part thing, is probably going to be the darkest point of it, and then the third's going to end on a really upbeat note. Yeah, we're going for the uh, Star Wars theory? I, I think so. Uh, Star Wars, an empire, everything goes to hell, and then the Jedi, so it's going to be season one, we're going to get introduced to everyone, season two, everything goes to hell, season three, Ewoks dancing. Yep. Well, that, that's the three-act structure, really. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. Great. Now I got that damn song from Return of the Jedi stuck in my head. I hope you're happy. Yub no. Shut up. Tick tick yub no. Shut up. I actually knew someone who did a punk cover of that. (laughs) He was he he was like he was in this little three man punk act, and he would uh, usually open or close shows with just yub no. Tick tick yub yub you yubs. You hang out with some very strange people, Scott. I've met some odd guys. Of course, you're hanging out with me, so I probably should shut up, shouldn't I? Moving on. Moving on. Now that we've gotten past the stuff that's going to happen eventually, shall we get to stuff that has already happened? Yep. 
Gunpla Builders. Bear Guy. Bear Guy. The greatest gun. 45-minute Zaku or alternate, whatever the hell you want to call it, thing I've ever seen. The first time I saw it, I was like, please, a Master Crate. I beg you for a Master Crate. Which never happened and probably never will. So I got a high grade here sitting to build. Yeah. But yes, like, I'm pretty sure we've called these shows toy commercials before. But this one literally is a toy commercial. Yeah, that's all it is. It, it is 45 gonna, minutes of this guy. Let's just whole process of a story and let's just go and, you know, sell some toys. Yeah, it's 45 minutes of this one guy learning how to build bottle kits. And look how awesome it is. Yeah, as stupid as it is, wouldn't you, if you could pay real money to, you know, take one of your custom-built models, take it to a shop, and have it scanned into a video game, holy crap, would that be cool? That would be pretty cool. I'd be flying around in my own custom Gelgoog uh, that I made for me, flying in it. Yep. We are such nerds to be enjoying this, but by God, that would be cool. It would pre- it would be pretty cool. Uh, and and as silly as that show was, they did have some really neat custom suits, and they're going to be coming back with, of, you know, more variations on those suits. The extreme well, the, Gundam with a guitar. Well, part of it is that this series has spawned sort of an ongoing manga, which has gave us, like, the extreme Gundam with the guitar. Yeah. Like, and there there were a few recolors in that show that were just lame, like that one guy who just seemed to make shark suits and then paint them white. Yeah. Why, not cool. uh, what do you need with a, a white Hyakushiki? Seriously, what's the point? Like, not even, like, silver, just white. Yeah. Not cool. That said, uh, one that came out of the manga that I really, really like and might end up buying, even though it'll mean I'll have three of them, is uh, the Gunpla Builders version of the Unicorn. Yeah, I've seen that. Like, it, it, if you haven't seen it, it's just the unicorn repainted in sort of the standard Gundam colors. Which, you know, when I first I heard about it before I saw it, and I was like, I don't know if that would look good. And I saw it, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Those are wrong. Like it, it actually looks pretty cool. And as much as like, you just heard me complain about sort of the standard Gundam look. Yeah. yeah. Th- this is sort of an alt-universe kind of thing, and I think someone at some uh, Gunpla building competition would have done a custom paint job that way anyhow. Yeah. Well, that and this show isn't exactly, you know, this isn't barely a show, as I put it. This is, like I said, it's a very, very fun commercial for Gunpla. And it gives you some modeling tips. Like, I didn't know about the Gundam markers in the water thing. Yeah, that was a neat little trick. Gotta try that. Yeah. Gotta buy some Gundam markers first. Yeah, and that commercial work, because guess what? You want to buy some stuff now, don't you? Because <laughs> what's the commercial's purpose? To get you to buy crap. And boy, yeah. did it work. Because we bought crap. We bought crap. Like bear guys. <laughs> bear guy. I have. I, I still have to. I still have to buy a bear guy and figure out how I'm going to customize it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a panda bear guy. <laughs> everyone's done the panda bear guy. That's that's part uh, of the problem. I'm thinking about my bear guy is, I have to customize. Everyone has to customize this little guy. I'm looking at it right now and. Everyone's customized it and all sorts of neat things, and I'm late to the game. So. Whatever what about I a do, polar I'm bear sure guy. somebody has already done it. What about a polar bear guy? I don't think anyone's done that one. No, I've a, seen a polar I've, bear Everyone's guy. done it, but I, I I, it feels a, appropriate. I've seen a Winnie the Pooh pair guy with light-up eyes. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> the eyes light up and glow gold. He's yellow and he's wearing the red shirt. I mean, awesome. That's awesome. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Cuddly little Gundam, he's full of... Anyway. 
full of doom because he's full got of a doom. backpack that's full of missiles. We're gonna have the whole song by the end of the show. Just hang on, folks. Well, yeah, and also, and when you finally get that kit belt and do the review, I'll be sure to send it to you. Okay, there you go. <laughs> no, I'm still thinking. I have this crazy idea for a Smokey the Bear guy, <laughs> but I don't know if I could do the shirt. I mean, do the uh, jeans on his legs and then do his, you know, little green hat right. Uh, Without, you know, learning to how to sew. Hat. Unfortunately, I really suck at sewing, so. And I don't think you could just find a scale ranger hat anywhere. Well, I can make a scale ranger hat. I know exactly how to do that. I just don't know how I'd do his jeans. Because, you know, you ever seen Smokey? He walks around, he's bare-chested. He's brown already, so I don't got to do anything there. But he always wears blue jeans, boots, and a, that ranger hat. Maybe and he, and he points at and you and goes, paint. only you can prevent forest fires. Like, maybe you could cheat and do paint, and then people might not blame you, especially if you paint the little stitching on. Yeah. I'm not sure how I do that. I still get ideas. The other idea is just to skip it all together. Uh, I don't know who did it, because he didn't want to be known. He was he didn't give his name, but someone made a uh, bear guy that he has, has a hook on his front of his chest you can hook him on a wall then his you know has made his eyes really really small gave him a little sweat bead and he's looking over his shoulder like he's gonna fall i'd get that and just you know hang him up on my wall so he's always looking down on me <laughs> but i'll yeah. think of something i got i got lots of other projects to do before i do that in fact i just got a kit today and it's a big giant crazy insane project but that's what i do yeah and then we've got uh, Gundam Unicorn, which is currently ongoing in direct-to-video format. Yeah, and sucking our wallets dry, as always. Well, so far I haven't actually bought any. I've just been renting on the PlayStation Network. Uh, no, I, I've got them all. And every single time I yell at the Bandai store, $35, are you out of your goddamn mind? Damn it, here's the money. Damn you, son of a... <laughs> Shut up and take my money. Actually, have you seen someone has uh, taken that image and sort of modified it, and now Fry looks like Domon? Yeah, Domon. <laughs> it's like, take my love, my anger, and I all of my money. money. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I saw it once. I haven't seen it since, and thought it was brilliant. <laughs> take my love, my anger, and everything in my wallet, you bastards! Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Yeah. Part of the problem is is that it's actually tricky to get the Blu-rays to be delivered up here. Like, I have to pay internet. I'd have to pay international shipping from the Bandai store. Ouch. Yeah. That's no good. Canada sucks, man. And for some reason, Amazon Canada only stocks the DVD version. Yeah, the I'm Amazon... Sure why. Yeah, that's normal here, too. For Amazon sold the first Blu-ray, and since then, you have to go to the Bandai store to get it. Yeah, those bastards. Yeah. First one I got at twenty bucks. Like, all right, twenty bucks for a Blu-ray ain't bad. Then been that way since. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure the box will be more widely available, and I'll just buy that when it comes. Yeah, and I don't know why I'm buying them. Okay, I know why I'm buying them because I really want to watch them, and they're really good. But I'm gonna kick myself when the you know the collection comes out in a couple of years, and you'll I'll be able to buy you know, all eight or ten episodes or however many ends end up I being. Think it's just the six, I think. They're gonna do six, and that's it. I think so. They got that's a lot. They got a lot to cover in the remaining three. 
but we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if they push it a little further, but we'll see. But either way, I'm going to be really ticked off when you can buy all six or eight or whatever episodes for 50 bucks. I'll be like, damn it, why didn't I wait? But yes, the, this show is, like, it, it's an adaptation of a novel by a guy whose name I can't remember, with illustrations by Miss, uh, by Katoki Sensei and his all his awesomeness. All praise the car. Yeah. And, um, takes place a couple years after Scanner attack, just tying up some loose ends from that and bringing in some new things and a whole... Tri- it, it, it's kind of interesting because as much as it's still a political story, it's more of a treasure hunt. Yeah, because they got... keep you know, having to figure out what the Laplace's box is in the first place, what's inside it, and all this nonsense. And it's like, shouldn't we kind of leave this shut? That's what I keep wondering. It's like, you know, Someone's going to this... say it. Nobody's nobody knows what's in this damn box. What if it's a bomb or something? Just leave it alone. No one ever said Laplace's box was good. <laughs> they just but said it could change everything. Wants it. <laughs> they just said it could change Universal Century. They didn't say it was for the better or for the worse. They just said it's going to change everything. <laughs> but the only really I love Unicorn. The only complaint I have is it's getting a little formulaic. Every episode we have two really good mech battles. We have one conversation about UC in general, and we have some big reveal that has already been leaked on the internet. Yep. That uh, they shift those positions. You know what's first, what's second, what's third, what's fourth. You know between the episodes, but pretty much that layout. There's always two good mech battles. There's always some big reveal that you already know what ha- it is, and there's some conversation about UC. And quite frankly, the conversations about UC are usually my favorite parts. Yeah. And the mech battles are great, but those UC conversations are always just fun to listen to. Yeah, that and you, and it's sort of interesting because you've got a main character, Banager Lynx, who's kind of retreading a lot of the ground you saw with Camille and uh, Amro. But you, you all, but he's still very much his own character, and we're seeing him develop differently. And I actually really like how they set him in the first episode, because in the first episode, he sees someone in trouble, he hops in the first thing he can, which is one of these little uh, worker mobile pod things, grabs the girl, realizes he's in over his head, and and probably can't land this thing, and just rolls with it. It's like... I'll think of something. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta give Panager may not be, you know, way up there on the brains, but the man has got balls. You gotta give him that. The man the man has his balls. Cause he keeps doing, you know, some crazy ass shit. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd do that, but hey, it works. I, if I saw a full frontal flying around there like a badass, I wouldn't launch at anything. <laughs> like, uh uh-uh. uh. He's gonna kill me. Did you just see him do that thing? Yeah, he's flying I'm not going out there. The three times faster. No, sir. <laughs> no. And you and... want me to go out there by myself? After what he did to that resell squadron? Yeah. You can go fuck yourself, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yes, I've like I I love the mech designs in this show. Like it it's it's the typical UC look, but everything's. New, but still sort of familiar. Like, I like the Drysan and the Girazulu, and, uh... Can we just say the animation is slick? I mean... Oh, God. B-E-A-utiful. 
And you can just pause your screen like, I'm just going to frame this and put it on my wall. <laughs> I mean, it's just gorgeous. It is so cool. It's mech porn. It's just mech porn. If you're a mecha fan, you just watch this all day smiling like an idiot. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure one day when I get do get all six or eight or whatever Blu-rays, I'm just going to go on a marathon session, watch one right through the other, and I'll be a very happy, happy man. Yeah. What you watching, Jeff? I'm watching porn. Mech porn. Porn. <laughs> okay, Jeff. You have fun with that. Oh, I'm going to go call the men in white coats. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, this this is just it is like even if you aren't a fan of the sh- of Gundam at all, you owe it to yourself to just watch the animation in this. But yeah, because... the animation's good, but truthfully, this is the definition of a love letter to the fans. This yeah. is, I mean, if you're a UC fanboy, you're in full awe of this. This is just a love letter. Okay, here, for all you UC fanboys, all you people who grew up with Mobile Suit Gundam, the original, Zeta, Double Zeta, the whole nine yards, here you go. We put a bow on it for you. By the way, we want a, like, a whole lot of money per disc. It's not free gift, but you, know, you get the idea. <laughs> and look at these kits you can buy. Oh, and by the way, while you're buying the overly expensive Blu-ray of only 60 minutes, here's some Gundam kits to buy. We're going to put so many grunt suits in this thing. <laughs> oh, God. And I'm on the hook for one of each. Yeah. What's that? I, I The name slips me at the moment. The giant mobile armor from the next episode. Uh, I, I don't know either. Uh, it'll be in the show notes, but yeah, that big bestial-looking thing is like, that thing will never make master grade, but that thing's going to be a high grade. <laughs> but I think that's probably going to end up in one of those weird, like, 1-400 scale things. I don't know, I wouldn't, if they put a Kshatri in high grade, I wouldn't put it past to put that thing, because it's huge, but it's not, you know, over-the-top monster huge. Uh, I, the, the Kshatri's kit is just great. It's basically got sort of a knockoff, like, the wings are set up on a knockoff of the Revoltech joints. Mm-hmm. So, that, that's you, another, you... I was kind of hoping for a master grade Kshatriya, but we've learned since then that they built a no. prototype... And even with a metal frame, it was still a little too heavy and just wouldn't work. So there's no going to be no master grade. So one day I'll probably end up getting the Kashachi high grade, or if I dare, try and track down that resin kit and try and do that. You could go halfway by the high grade and get the resin, the resin replacement wings. I don't know. I thought the high grade looked pretty good, but there is a one one hundredth Kashachi high grade out there. In fact, there's a couple. Nah. Well, like there's these. Basically replaces the wings with like a much more functional resin thing. Like it's got the like you can pop out that middle bit that launches the funnels. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it, it's a little. It's got a. It adds a few extra gimmicks. Ah. And probably weighs it quite a down. Weighs it down more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure I've seen pictures of the resin Kishatri, and it's basically a giant brick. You build it, and it never moves. <laughs> yeah. Just, just the acting in it is really good. Like, I, I just love hearing Ikeda being full frontal and giving some of the most Char-like answers to some oh, of the yeah. questions that Banager has to him. It's oh, like, I love are that. you really Char? And then he, if that's then what he the people exactly need me to Char be. Would say, if the people need me to be Char, well, that's who I'm going to be. I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. 
You uh, son of a bitch. If that ain't what Char would say, I don't know what is. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it because it's still pretty recent, but when I found out who, like, considering all the speculation that went into who front, Full Frontal really was, finding out the truth of it is just sort of lame. Yeah. I, there's so many. I knew it wasn't Char. There's yeah. no way they would bring Char back unless... Without uh, bringing back Amaro. <laughs> yeah, they just wouldn't do that. I had lots of theories, all sorts of cool theories on who it could be or what it was or all this stuff. And then the real truth came out, which we won't spoil here. If you really, really want to know, it's not that difficult to find. But Yeah, I think it's on Wikipedia lame. now. And it was so lame that everyone's going, they're going to change the ending at the end of Unicorn. It's not going to be the same. It's going to nah. be glimmy, too. No, no, no. No. It's... <laughs> It's the lame ending, unfortunately. No, nah, Glemmy wouldn't even, isn't even my favorite speculation. I think my my favorite my favorite theory was that he was actual Char, like the the original Char Asnable. Mm-hmm. That yeah, the uh, that, the guy uh, that they switched names with. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that one was good. I like the Glemmy two theory, and I like the the puppet control by uh, it was some guy who was trained to act and be like Char. From behind the scenes by, guess who? Sayla. <laughs> yeah. Which would make the most sense, amount of sense. Where the hell has Sayla been? She just kind of fell off the earth. We saw her at the end of Double Zeta, and we haven't seen her since. And then we get into uh, Double O. Double O. Which was the last full-length series we got. The first one to do this new split-season thing. Which I didn't Bandos. care for. I I can see why it makes sense financially. Financially, yes. Story-wise, no. Uh, the big, yeah, the no, biggest I... gripe I had with season... I really like season one, but the biggest gripe I had with it was season one was supposed to take place over, what, about a year time period? About, yeah. Yeah, give or take. They don't give an exact time frame, but about a year. And it didn't feel like it. It felt like it was, you know, a, few, a couple of months at best. It mm-hmm. just didn't give me that sensation of a year where, you know... The one-year war took place over a year. I got the sense that it was a year-long thing, or the eight months or so that at least the show took place anyway. Uh, the uh, Zeta Gundam, it takes place over a year. It feels like a year. You know, there's so much going on. It, you know, they do a good job of, you know, letting characters evolve over time. And Double O, at least in Season 1, what they started as pretty much is how they ended in Season 1. Season 2, people started changing in the way they looked at the world. But in season one, they pretty much were the same people they started as. Except some were dead. Yeah, except some died. Howard! Anyway. <laughs> oh, Howard Mason. Howard Mason, who? Uh, I just want to point out that Joshua from Alaska got punked first. <laughs> uh, uh, and I know he's not here to defend, so we won't go too hard on Saji, but... Truthfully, I liked Saji. I enjoyed his character. I thought he was a great straight man to Setsuna. But where they completely lost me on Saji and where I pretty much said, are you out of your damn mind? When his girlfriend gets bombed by the Trinity, not the Trinity, what are they called? They, what, they were the Trinity siblings. Yeah, the Trinity siblings. They get, you know, literally bombed. And the entire family is killed except for her. And she has her arm blown off. Now, I am no expert on women. No man is, including you, Scott. No. <laughs> but if my girlfriend 
had lost her entire family in a huge disaster. She had had her arm blown off. She was emotionally and physically scarred. I am not leaving, even if she tells me to. She says, I need you to go up into space to fill our dream. Fuck that! You are in no position, you are in no mindset to make any kind of good decision right now. Sit there. I don't care if she yells at you, calls you names, tells you all sorts of things. In a situation like that, you don't leave the woman you love alone. But Saji, okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to give you the ring I was going to, you know, give you. I'm not going to finally profess my love. I'm just going to go up into space and forget it ever happened. What the hell, man? Yeah. One one thing I kind of wish had happened is is that the for season one, Saji was such a great. Per- great at giving a civilian perspective on the big events of the first half of the show that you don't normally see in a Gundam series. Right. You don't never I see almost the... wish he'd never joined up with the main cast and he'd just been there to give this the, this this running side plot with this new perspective on all this all all the goings on. Well, I I didn't didn't mind him end up ending up on the Talameos. I just kind of didn't like what he became as sort of a, I don't want to fight. I don't want to become a soldier. I don't want to do this kind of thing. I don't want to be here. Then why are you hauling him around? Couldn't you just drop him off somewhere? But, of course, every time they tried that, he fucked things up even more. You know, he went to that base on Earth, and then all of a sudden he goes running off to Smirnoff, and he goes, please help me, and then all sorts of people get killed out of it. Yeah. No, it's like, just... I, I get the, like, if this were a different writing team... Saji would have been the main character. <laughs> I get that sort of vibe off it sometimes. Silver is smiling somewhere. <laughs> Silver is smiling somewhere. With a di- with a different writing team, Saji would have been the main character, and he would have fallen into the cockpit of something in the third episode. Right. Setsuna just would have been, but um, basically would have been playing would have been the group's Troa. Yeah, I never. That's the other thing about. Usually in Gundam series, my favorite character is usually the lead. I usually like the the lead, uh, Amaro, um, Garrett Rand, so far. This is the first time where I really didn't care for Setsuna. He was an all right character, but he just didn't have a whole b- a lot of emotional... I mean, people complain about Hero being, you know, an emotionless robot. Setsuna exactly wasn't a paragon of emotion... <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's the thing, is, is at least Hero was, like, a straight-up badass yeah. in addition to being sort of the, the emotionless robot. And Setsuna, like, he he doesn't really lead the show that much until maybe the last 13 episodes where you really see him step up to run ev- to run this whole show. Yeah. Now, Mike, I enjoyed, you know, some of the backup characters. I enjoyed uh, Hallelujah and Alleluia. I enjoyed. I really enjoyed uh, some of the villains we had. Oh, oh yeah. Well, Prince Ali was just freaking Ali, awesome. Ali like, he was, was just the, like. And the fact that he's uh, who like he's I, I tend to complain. Scott McNeil just he made it pushed it that over the top. He's like he went from badass to extreme badass. And so, I've like bla- I've I've badmouthed sort of black and white characters in in shows before, but having this one guy just be black and black as pitch and he in a cast that's pretty morally and reveling in it in a cast that does have a decent range of uh, moral grayness to it yeah. is just awesome. Well, what? 
I liked him because he was flat out and he told you about it. You know, when the like uh, I am a bad man. I love it. He goes, well, I kind of like war. I've enjoyed it. It's fun. I like killing kids. Well, tough to be you. (laughs) It's like I like killing people. It's a I like fun, trading curvish brats to, to kill living. people. It's good money. I enjoy myself. If you don't like it, I'll kill you too. Sucks <laughs> to be you. <laughs> but, you know, if you want your black, evil, dark character, and you want your, you know, shade of gray character, you got to go to Graham Aker. Oh, yeah. Because is he a bad guy? Not really. No. Is he a good guy? Not, Not really. really. <laughs> like he, he's he he's there to do his job. Right. And, and I like the fact he that makes it personal. I was for really quite afraid he'd end up in the Jared Mesa role of you know the loser villain. He no, that never that really was lost. T- oh, that 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 job was taken by t- by Patrick. Yeah. Well, but Patrick was a joke character. They yeah. actually tried to in Zeta. They actually tried to make Jared a a. a Stable villain, you know he's you know he's the rival of Camille. Now Camille's whooping his ass every time they meet. That's not a rival. That's a that's a little kid you you know push away, but go away, kid. You bother me. <laughs> Whereas you know Graham Aker, every time he sets in a fight, it was either a draw or Graham just you know scared him off. In that final battle at the end of season one, I'm, I go ahead and say Graham won that battle. <laughs> now yeah, he didn't look like a. <laughs> Victor in season two, he's all of a sudden he's sporting the Mr. Bushido look and he's flying around in the Susuano, but I thought he looked pretty. I loved Graham Aker in that series. This is one of the few series where I liked more villains than I did good guys. Yeah, and th- that was the thing is that it gave us a really big cast of, antagon- of antagonists. Mm-hmm. Just because you got like two or three out of each major faction from the start of the show. And they all seemed to carry forward, and they and they were all interesting characters. Like I, I liked uh, Colonel Caddy, and uh, Sergey was pretty awesome. Is... Sergey was great. I love Sergey. Uh, just being especially the old in season guy. two when he the way he goes out. You know the the old, you knew he was the, you know you you knew he was marked for death when uh, after season one when you kind of see him you know becoming the father figure. He's like oh he's dead. <laughs> It's like, oh dear, he's getting a <laughs> little He's paternal. becoming the senpai character very quickly, and it's going downhill. It's like, senpai, senpai characters don't make it. We yeah. already lost Lock-On. <laughs> Lock-On's toast, and he was, you know, a vaguely senpai, so if we got a full-on senpai character like Smirnoff, oh, Smirnoff, you're toast, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really liked you, too. And your son is such a dick Why? Oh, he's such a dick. And then he, you know, he's handing out, and he kills his own father. That's another guy. You know, I, I don't know what it is about Gundam series. The, you know, the son does not always take after the father. I'm looking at you, Hathaway. Oh. So, <laughs> some things that goes just both ways, though. That does go both ways. We did get Camille. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, Camille's father was a bit of a douche, but <laughs> yeah. so you know, genealogy doesn't exactly work in UC. In Seed and Seed Destiny, anyway, we'll move on. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing I thought Double O did a really good job of is, and you see they never exactly explain this whole, you know, field of understanding that new types have. In Unicorn, they're doing a little bit better job of it, but it was always kind of 
vague and not quite clear exactly. And what you, do you just mean see people show up as naked on the Technicolor backgrounds. And right. Be like, it's like, okay, so new type somehow, every, you get to see your opponent naked and you get to hear what he's thinking. What? No, in double O, everyone understands each other, exactly what their motivations are. It all becomes really clear. You can see them you know, as they're figuring it out. And that when the double O riser goes trans am, it creates a field of this. So even if you're not a quote-unquote new type, you can experience this. And it translates even better when they get the double O, the quanta in the movie, and you see it create the field for the aliens or the else's. Yeah. And, you know, they understand everything. Just like, oh, okay, now I get it. Boom. Yeah. And that, and something we were going back to a couple episodes back was, you know, we, you talk about Gundam and the core themes are war as hell and understanding and change that. And this show is much more about the understanding side of it than the war. Yeah, and they make it a lot clearer, too. You know, the understanding can change that. Well, what do you mean by understanding? Understand who? Who understands what? Uh-huh. Everybody understands what everybody else is thinking. If you're in that field, that person you're shooting at, you know exactly what he or she is thinking. She knows exactly what you are thinking. Everything's laid out. And what the hell can't GN particles do? Yeah, apparently. That's like, you know, magical sugar crack. You know, they just sparkle that in the dust and everything like, makes sense. Like, add the fact that it's sparkly, it's kind of like particles. fairy dust. Yeah, I'm, I'm officially nicknamed it Pixie Dust. Just like, sprinkle that stuff. It, it does cause cancer sometimes. Yeah, well, but most of the far, if you get most the of the time, it's GM pretty good. You know, if you get that, you know, those Fox genes uh, drives that produce evil red particles, well, then things kind of go downhill. They give they give you the GN cancer. Yeah, you get GN AIDS or whatever it's called. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. Um, one thing I, I we should mention is just the the shift in tone from season one to two. In season one, it was this you you had three factions in a cold war, and then the super advanced guys upsetting that. Yeah, and it, it it took a lot of cues from real world politics, and something that they really did a really good job on was giving each each faction the of their very own unique look. Like you know the Tyrans, you you look at that and it's like. This thing runs on a diesel engine. I could probably fix with a, this with a paper clip and a good kick. Yeah. And then you've got the flag, which is the pinnacle of ultimate technology, and it's super light and super slim and goes really fast. And then you get the enact, which is just kind of a knockoff yeah. of the flag. Yeah. Oh, and I love the fact, when during the first episode, the enact, the you know, prototype, the brand new, best of the best available, and uh, Exia comes down and, you know, punk bitches that thing. is <laughs> like... You ain't got Didn't even really look this. at it. Your, your best ain't even in the same ballpark as these guys. And I really did like the theme they used is, you know, in every other Gundam show, it's, you know, the protagonists are trying to prevent war or they're trying to you know, get out of war or they're trying to stop conflict, but always in some half-hearted way. Yeah. You know, Relina Peacecraft, I'm going to show... A peaceful world as an example. I'm not going to intervene in anything, mind you, but I'm just going to show, see, I'm peaceful and nice. You should be like me. Whereas Celestial Being, you know, they kind of cut all that crap out. No, see, you're going to stop fighting. Seriously. I'm going to point a gun to your head, and you're going to stop fighting. <laughs> and I really do love the fact in Season 2, 
for all the crap that the uh, outlaws get, they're doing the exact same thing that Celestial Being was doing. Hey, you're going to do exactly what we want you to do. You're not going to fight. You're going to follow our rules. It's going to be a nice, peaceful world. And if you don't, we're going to shoot you in the head. <laughs> yeah, and season two was a much more typical Gundam-type show where you had these villains, these tyrannical villains, use, enforcing their will with super super weapons, and then the, the, the small group of not-quite-as-well-equipped guys trying to fight it all off. Can I just say Ribbons is one of the... You know, this evil, slimiest, most gut-wrenching. I hate his guts, but I love the man. He is so evil. And the fact that he's voiced by the guy who did Amaro is just that nice little, you know, cherry on top. He is just so, such an evil bastard, but you love him nonetheless. Oh, and, and this series was so great about bringing old Gundam protagonists back in villainous roles, because... Yeah. Night knife hack knife happy Michael Trinity who was Al from War in the Pocket. Yeah, which and then was he had, uh, there, there was some, I don't know what that says, but it was kind of interesting nonetheless. And I love the fact they had all the leads being the uh, oh uh, the name escapes me, not the Ken dolls. Yeah, <laughs> where they had you know the leads from Double Zeta. They had Judo come back. They had Loran come back, and they're all you know villains. And all those guys were such asses, but you loved them anyway. That was like that, that. That was a lot of fun. And, that, uh, and the thing where Lockon's girlfriend turned on him—that was one of those. That just ain't right, man. That, that, you can't do a... Lockon like that. That's rough, buddy. <laughs> That's really rough. He finally—he's finally happy. Can't anyone be happy in Gundam? At least for a little while. I mean, Hallelujah was happy. He got his girl. Then yeah. at the end, you know, he's off backpacking in the countryside. It's all good. Yeah, they're they're just walking around Europe, having a good around, time. Walking around, backpacking it, you know, walking up hills, living the hippie lifestyle. It's all good. But Lockon, no, you don't get to be happy. Your girl gets blown up. In fact, you have to do it. <laughs> yeah. And and something about the ending I really like is that they didn't actually hook up Marina and Satsuna. Yeah, I always that thought was that was going to happen. I was like, you got to leave those two apart. They're they're not lovers. I mean, they even admitted when I was like. When the girl pops her head in and says, are you two lovers? And they're like, no. No. <laughs> it's like, there's something going on there, but it's not that. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the movie, the uh, epilogue, when they meet again, and I understand you now. I'm glad we mm -hmm. were finally able to understand each other. That's what they were trying to get throughout the whole series is, now, Marina and Setsuna aren't anywhere near the same page of each other in terms of understanding, but they both want to try and get there. <laughs> It took them a very, and, really, really long time to get there, but they got there. Yeah, and obviously season two had a bunch of new mechs, and um, I I liked the the mid season upgrades for the Celesto Being guys. All of those were pretty nice. Not not a huge fan of the uh, Jinx three or um, any of the weird stuff that uh, the A laws threw for Ace suits. Like most uh, of the A law those... suits. I mean, I like the original Jinx, but after that, they just started, you know. The A-Law suits kind of lost interest for me. Like, like there were a lot of transforming mobile armor things that I'm, like, not excited by. Yeah. Like, I, I do like all of uh, Mr. Bushido's new, new well, I, suits. I love, the, I love the flag with the uh, armor on it, the samurai yeah. armor. 
That's another that, one I wish they'd make into a hundred, one hundred scale, but I doubt they ever will. Ah, uh, g- give it fifteen years. Yeah, we finally got the Master Grade Epi. I'm old and gray. I'll be do- still be doing reviews. Hey, kids, Jabman Zero Two Five here, Defender of Destiny. Today we're gonna look at the Master Grade Suswan. Su- <coughs> Suswano. <laughs> Yep. Is that as creepy as I thought it was? That uh, was a little creepy. Okay, then. My my job has been accomplished. Okay. But yes, and then then there was the movie, and I think, to my mind, is the move, the double O movie sort of has, ends up giving me the same conspiracy theory about the last bit of, or at least a good chunk of the middle of season two of double O as I have for double Zeta, where it's like, they they plan to include a lot of the stuff from the movie in the series, and then they got the movie, and then they had to pad out for time. I kind of don't think so. I think this was added on. I think the ending to season two is exactly how they thought it was going to end, and they said, hey, we want a movie, too. Is there something else you can come up with? And they went back to the drawing board and was like, yeah, we can come up with something. <laughs> nah, like, they, they hinted a lot about Jupiter at the end of season one. Right, and, and I'm sure they would have touched there, on... There was... Sh- there was uh, there was a lot of talk from Schoenberg about dialogues to come yeah. throughout the series, and I think maybe they had pl- had this planned for like the thirteen episode mark of season two. Uh, I can't help but wonder if they didn't have the movie planned from season one. Yeah, it's like we're gonna do two seasons, and you're gonna get a movie too, unless of course your ratings bomb, and then you can forget about the movie. <laughs> yeah, in that case, we're like that budget it's going back to Fukuda. Yeah. We're just going to push it into something else, and you guys are all fired. But anyway. Speaking of, I've, I read up on things from the plot from the the Seed movie. Isaac and Diarco were going to be running the Plant Supreme Council. Yeah, I've heard that. I, there's, you've seen the images of Kira in the uh, white commander's uniform. Yeah. And some images leaked of what might have been uh, Kira and Lacus's son along with something called the uh, Eternal Freedom or something like that. Yeah. Whether those were all real, no one will ever know. I still hope for a seed movie, but it's kind of one of those things. If we haven't seen it by now, we're not going to. Like, with every year, it doesn't happen. Yeah. I I heard rumors, and I was really excited. There was rumors of a seed movie trailer at the end of Gundam 00, but it turned out to be a, you know, movie movie announcement at the end of 00. And the the movie's great. It's the first time you see aliens in Gundam, and they're, like, super alien. Now, some people really, really attack that. Like, there are no, supposed to be no aliens in Gundam. What are you doing? What is it? It's like, well, what's the big deal? We're still seeing the same basic problem, human conflict. What the hell do we do? People don't. It's like, people don't get along. <laughs> yeah, people f- are freaking out because, guess what? See that spot on Jupiter? It's moving closer to us, and it's not a spy. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole like you... bunch of little silver daggers. And I don't know what they're going to do when they get here, but it's probably not good. Because the few things that have shown up have eaten people. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're eating us all. They're t- they, they turn us all into weird crystals. Yeah. They're blowing our shit up. T-1000s, you got to you know, blow them up for, to kill them. It's pretty bad. The trucks are trying to run us over. Yeah. There's trucks and helicopters coming to life. They're not transforming into giant robots yet, but give it time. Give it time. 
But, but yeah. yeah, that movie just did, like, the first act of that movie was so great in just ramping up the tension, keeping us guessing. Well, the, and then... the thing I liked about it is during that huge battle with the Elses where people are just dying left and right, and they are getting swarmed, and for all the beam spam and explosions and nonsense, they're just not doing it. It's like, it's not going to be enough for just a second. Just a millisecond, I was like, oh, crap, they're going to lose. Anytime that you can make it convince you, even for just a second, that the good guys are going to lose completely, they've done their job well. Yeah. When you're thought, oh, the Gunnums are toast. They're all going to die. This is gonna, <laughs> we're all screwed. When you know that's not what's going to happen, the Gunnums are going to win because, hell, they're the Gunnums. <laughs> But if they can convince you, even for a second, that they're toast, <laughs> they've done their job well. And, yeah, that that was, like, that was just a really tight film, really kept the tension up, and it came to a really nice conclusion, just sort of reasserting the points they made at the end of season two, that, you know, dialogues have come and humanity's ready for it. Because yeah. there's this trailblazer who awakened. Who was this trailblazer that awakened? Who was awakening? Who are they? A&N reviews can be pretty damn dumb. Yeah. I read that review and I was like, what movie did he watch? I mean, it's fairly obvious what's going on. I, I kind of have a feeling whoever watched the movie didn't watch the series. Which, why would yeah. you not watch the series You know that the movie is a direct sequel to? But, whatever. Yeah. Because I'm sure if you didn't watch the series, none of that made any damn sense. Oh, I'm sure it didn't. Like, the, this movie does not do a good job of explaining the characters, even, or even developing yeah, the it, characters it, very far. It, it goes far like, to assume that says, okay, you know everything that's going on because you've watched the series. Let's just jump. <laughs> right. We're not going to go through some big expedition. You know who Setson is. You know who these people are. You know what's going on. You know what Celestial Being is. Let's roll. Whereas you know, if, you just, if you just all of a sudden got dropped into it, you wouldn't have a damn clue what's going on. A lot of the characters in it were just sort of there for little cameos. It's like, look, it's Patrick. Yeah, there goes Patrick. I love old oh, Patrick. Patrick. He's, he's you got to give Patrick credit for the for the poor son of a bitch that he is. He keeps winning. <laughs> he never gave up. I admire that. Yeah, he's got he's got some balls on him. No skill, but <laughs> he's got guts. I'm I'm looking forward to when he finally shows up in a Super Robot Wars game. Because <laughs> that guy's just going to be ridiculous. As soon as you launch in his mobile suit, whatever it may be, he can be flying the friggin' Sentinel. It doesn't matter. Boom, he's down. Yeah. No, like, that guy's dodge is going to be ridiculous, though. Because <laughs> that's, that's one thing. Dodge! Is that Sorry. The, the guys who put together these games are huge fans. They really do a good job of statting out some characters. <laughs> yeah. So that's... Uh, his power... Why can't I say his name all of a sudden? What's his name? Uh, Patrick. Jesus. Yeah. I'm getting old and decrepit, but Patrick's power, he can dodge anything. He can't hit the broad side of a barn, but man, can he dodge. <laughs> like, I think they'll come up with, like, a special uh, SC forum where if you hit it before the, his turn, it's like any any shot that would kill him leaves him with five hit points instead. Yeah. Basically the inverse hit, of he mercy. He hit by a colony laser, and the man will be like... I'm okay. Can someone come pick me up? <laughs> I'm just going to go back to the ship now. <laughs> Colonel? Colonel? I'm a general now. Damn it. Sorry, Colonel. 
I do love when he's putting the moves on her and they're on Celestial Being of all places, right where Ribbon's sat. <laughs> he's yep. wearing the pajamas. He's wearing the hat, the whole nine yards. You know, he puts the moves on her, and sure enough, it works. And then he gets interrupted by, you know, a phone call. So I was like, damn, you're good. Like, <laughs> Considering the situation, you're good. I'll give you that. And there's a couple of the two of them are just awesome. Uh, it's not an example of opposites attract. I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, hardcore military, full rules to the letter, to the slacker moron. <laughs> so, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> Like someone send him some flowers. Oh, and the chair shot heard around the world. <laughs> Saji, Saji he going on WWE on T1000 ribbons. I want to pick up that chair and chuck it at that bastard. And it ain't gonna do him very good, is, but it's gonna make me feel better. The only reason why it showed up as as ribbons was to mess with us for the trailers. Yeah, like that's something I'm gonna criticize. Which was kind of disappointing. You had the. I'd like to see more ribbons, just because. Hey, if Set's gonna survive, maybe ribbons survived. But no, no ribbons. That was just a red herring. There was no ribbons. And that other red herring where they showed that you know villain. You know, so, okay, it's gonna be Set's and this guy. And I was convinced that this guy was gonna be the new Captain Mishiraka, the new puppet master. Like no, no, it's just a guy who gets punked by the Elses. Yep. Like that was a. Like they managed to do a double bait and switch on this on this movie. And it's like, oh, there's here's some images of ribbons. He's back, and here's this guy. Who could this guy be? He's these are gonna be the new main villains. And then the movie comes out. Gotcha. Aliens. <laughs> T one thousand aliens coming your way from a big hole in Jupiter. You guys are screwed. And the, the, probably the awesomest thing about this, and I hope it, uh, I hope there's like maybe a DVD extra that expands on it. Was like. When Saji and his friends go see the movie version of the end of season yeah, two. That was a great opening, too. Just because when you first start playing, you're like, what the hell am I watching? Like, it, it, it does a great job of just sort of reminding you what happened at the end by forcing you to point out. It's like, no, that's not how it went. Yeah, even, even Saji's like that. It's like, wow, that was amazing. And Saji's like, you know, that's not really what happened. Really uh, happened. <laughs> I was, I was, when he goes, what, were you there or something? And he goes, well, well, kind of. I wasn't exactly yeah, fighting. I was just riding around in a backpack, but... <laughs> I mean, I was making pizza for these guys. Yeah. I was you know, hanging around with some horrors, and we were fixing up the joint real good, but I never fired a shot in anger. Now, yeah, later, I, 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 almost fire wished... a, I fire a chair shot in anger, but, you know, that's different. Like, I almost wish that if, in Season 2, that he if he had joined, he'd, he'd have been like... He he'd have had like part time engineer, part time ship's cook. Yeah, that's like not part time. He's making the beats in the background. Hey guys, you yeah, want he... sausage or pepperoni? I got he, some mushrooms like... here. He'd be like Ayato from uh, <laughs> Martian successor, successor uh, then, Nadesco. Then we, just, then we could just get the perfect line. The perfect line. We're sitting back there. Hey guys, we're out of salt. <laughs> can, we, can we stop and get some salt? Pizza's no good without salt. Salt. The crust will be ruined. <laughs> Somewhere, someplace, somebody's making that into a, a bridge series. But anyway. Oh, uh, if I had video editing powers, Double O would tempt me. <laughs> Sachi's just back there. Guys, we need salt. We're out of salt. Why is none of these damn ships, ships I'm on have salt? I was in that friggin' slave labor camp. Guess what they didn't have? Salt. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the Double O movie? 
No, I think we've just about covered everything. We've hit every nerdy and corny topic we can think of. Yeah. Outside of, I do like that old, uh, we get to see what happens to Graham. He's back. And I do like the fact that old Billy finally gets a little action. <laughs> he gets something to squeeze on. And yeah, the, like, he does. She, that character came out of nowhere, though. Yeah, they, that they, that was another tease where they said, oh, she's still alive. She's still here. And we find it now. It just... It's a woman who has a very, 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 very similar resemblance and the same voice as her, but it's not her. And they never really explain that, but I guess it's just, yeah. hey, we're just teasing you. But and she acts the you. same way, too. Very, very... Like, I, I almost think it's the, it could be the same person, just... She just decided, operate. okay, I'm done with all this war stuff. I'm done with this. <laughs> uh, I got shot down. I'm dead. I think I'll keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. We'll start a new life. Find me a nice, you know, tall, skinny scientist. Have some that fun. I can manipulate into doing stuff. Yeah. I'm smexy. Walk in in a very, very tight shirt, and I can get him to do just about anything I want. Speaking of tight shirts, ladies <laughs> of this show, all pretty attractive. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's no. Wow, really? No, there's pretty much. Everyone is good looking in this show. The only problem I had with the one of them is Felt's voice actor was the exact same voice, or at least in English, was the exact same voice actor did Lacus. Yeah. And every time she talked, I was just waiting for it. And when she's holding the Haro in season one talking to it, I'm like, wow, I'm getting dizzy. Flashing back here, if she man. Sta- if she starts singing and saying, Haro, let's reach to the future, I'm out of here, man. And that's the other thing is that the dub of, of Double O went to our friends in Vancouver who do all the full-length Gundam shows. Yeah. So you see a lot of you hear a lot of familiar people. Yeah, yeah. Billy is and, Troa. And Brad Swale leading the Gundam show. Yeah. Well, again. <laughs> every yeah, we we're not like Japan. We don't have a huge cast of voice actors. We got, you know, a nice small group and you hear them over and over again. Which is all Well, right. it's like well, we've got three small groups really and yeah. they don't cross over much. Yeah, they but yeah, but you hear the same guys over and over again. I mean, do we really have to go to the uh, the uh, Power Rangers well? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no. What, Old what, Johnny Young Bosch, man. Uh Johnny Bosch. See, that's Johnny Bosch. I love Johnny. I mean, everyone complained he's in too many shows. Dude, he's making money. Like, Leave I don't blame him for making money. I blame that he's kind of typecast. Which like everyone's I... typecast. I met, uh, you know, who Chris Patton is. Yeah, I met Chris Patton. I've met Chris Patton. Chris Patton. He freely admits he goes, "I'm typecast as the young boy." Uh, lead, which is great because there's a lot of young boy leads in anime, so I make a lot of money. Well, like, and there's plenty of guys out there who are very flexible that seem to keep getting stuck with the same thing. Like, Steve Blum does have some range, but he's always kind of gruff, kind of old, kind of hardcore. Scott McNeil is always the tough as nails, nasty, rough as tough as hell bastard. He can vary from good guy to bad guy, but he's usually in that vein. Remind me then, sometime if we ever do a uh, what we've heard it you know, the horrifying and funny things we've heard at cons. I got a great Scott McNeil story. <laughs> oh, everyone's got Scott McNeil stories. True, but I got a great one. <laughs> well, what's great Let's is put it that this way: because... I couldn't say it on YouTube. I might get banned for it. Well, what's great is that because Scott McNeil loves going to cons and everyone and their he's cousins Canadian. got a story. Yeah, and well, because he's Canadian, it's very rare you don't see him at one of the two big Toronto cons. So normally, so my friends who are generally huge fangirls and get really excited over meeting famous people, yeah. 
they they've just stopped and had very long engaged conversations with Scott McNeil and haven't really missed a beat anymore. It's yeah. like he's just one of these guys that you just tend to bump into into lo- in lines for things. Yeah, Scott is just. I ran into Chris Patton. I went to. Okay, we'll save this for another episode. Remind me. Yeah, there, there's a few actors like that. Um, who, who else? Is, like, uh, but Crispin Freeman's really got a lot of range, and he he because he's a director now, he can kind of cast himself wherever he yeah. wants. So you, oh, you, the, you get to see him. There's flex no. His muscles more. I don't want to put it into perspective that there's any bad voice acting in Gundam. It just because of the fact that there is, you know. Only so many voice actors. Each company's got its stable of voice actors that they go back to over and over again. You do get a bit of a recycling a little bit. And then you add the fact that they keep going back to um, Ocean Group because the Vancouver crowd has really established them as being able to turn around long-run shows very fast. Yeah. Compared to L.A. where, you know, these guys leave and do movies every now and again. Look what they're doing with Unicorn. I've heard that they only have, like... They get the final product about a month or two months before actual launch date, so they got a haul to get that thing done. Yeah. And I can't imagine trying to dub it. a whole episode of Unicorn in like a month, considering how many characters there are. Oh, uh, yeah. And what's great is that because of it, you, you get you get the Gundam crossover games and you hear characters talk to themselves all the time. Yeah. Dynasty like Warriors it, Gundam. Oh, Dynasty Gundam Warriors Gundam Three is great for it, just because yeah. you've got you've got Brett well, Scott Sway McNeil's all over the place. Scott McNeil's everywhere. I have duo fight, you know, <laughs> the uh, villain from Turn in the Turn X in from Turn A Gundam. Yeah. Like, wow, I'm hearing double. I'm getting a headache. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got, uh, and, and it doesn't help much now that Double O managed to cast all these old Gundam heroes as villains because you su- switch it to Japanese and Arrow's talking to ribbons. Yeah. And, same story. Like, like no, not say. Well, it's in Jap- Japan. They got so many voice actors. It's kind of nice to bring up, bring back some of the old characters. Here, it's like, yeah, we we hear that all the time. It's, it's like, nice, but it's not, you know. Wow, that's so cool. It's like, nah, that's kind of normal for us. Yeah, like in Vancouver, it's sort of like every time they get a Gundam show, it's like, whose turn is it to be the lead again? Yeah. It's like <laughs> uh, Brad has it done in a while. It's like, or for a little while on Adult Swim, we had the Code Geass, then Bleach, and then another show with Johnny Young Bush as the lead. It's like, the Johnny Young Bush night, everybody. I think we've wrapped it up. Yeah. Oh, one one thing I want to point out is that there's a really great Gundam Seed abridged series where I think Psy refers to everyone by all the other characters by who the dub actor played in Inuyasha (laughs) instead. It's like. Be quiet, Kigome. Brent <laughs> Kotsu is right. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Nothing. Like, it's like his name is his name is at uh, his name is Kira. Sure, whatever. <laughs> You're Koga. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever, Koga man. You're the wolf. He's the dog. What the hell are you talking about? And it was ex- and it's just extra funny for me because up here on YTV, Inuyasha aired right before Gundam Seed <laughs> every Friday for about two years. I think that's all we have on Gundam for a while. Tune in next time when we talk about something with some people. Probably something nerdy. I, we 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 plan these out way in advance. We know exactly what's going on. No, we don't. You're ruining the illusion, Jeff. No, my bad. But until next time, see ya. Uh, I thought they smelled bad.
On the outside. I thought they smoked bad on the inside. Please do your degree on Thomas license. Check out our website at sbopodcast.blogspot.com. Check us out on Twitter at sbopodcast or our Facebook page at I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Or kick me an email at sbopodcast at gmail.com.